Brilliant. Uh, everyone, welcome back to episode 67. We've just been doing so many recordings these last couple of weeks. It's been fantastic to get back into consistent recording, which I'm really happy about as well. Today, we have another special guest, which is great to have a conversation with someone um, who's in the football industry as well, just like myself, but is actually playing football. So that'd be great to have a conversation with later on the podcast as well. And we're mostly going to be talking about how Man United have flopped once again. And I was right, like I said, at the beginning of the season um, and the middle of the season and currently in the season as well. Um, but I'm still going to wrap because I predicted this back in January about how Man United <laughs> have fallen down. But first things first, I'm going to introduce our guest for today. So our guest is a, a winger striker from um, Slough. So he plays uh, semi-professional football at this moment in time. Uh, he's a British Asian striker as well, so he's someone that's caught my attention, and I'm really looking forward to seeing his development um, going forward as well, which would be great. Um, Salam's just joining us now. So um, without further ado, I'll introduce you to our guest of um, the podcast, Imran Kayani. Is it Kayani or Kayani? Kayani, you know? yeah. Now, thanks for having me on, on the podcast. Is it Kayani? Yeah, Kayani. Kayani. That's okay. That's cool. Yeah. But no, um, how are you doing? You all okay? Yeah, everything's good. Thankfully, just being busy with... With football training, so yeah, I can't complain. How about yourself? Uh, football training. I, I wish I could be as like cool as just saying, yeah. Just <laughs> I have like football games like two, three times a week. I'll tra- yeah. I'll coach and I'll play, but when I'll play, I'll literally just be there. Like, oh my god, I'm just so exhausted because I'm coaching. <laughs> all of this. What what position do you play? Uh, good question. Best position I play is probably centre back or right back or centre defensive. Okay, so defensive minded, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm that defensive guy. I'm the kind of guy that shouts at the attackers like, "You mother, <laughs> you need to be finishing these chances." And I'll be doing that late at night as, again, again today as well on Tuesday. That was good. Which would be good. And literally, we started our podcast because it's literally just a, a bunch of guys who played five a side together. And, and someone yeah. who someone who's great on our team as an attacker is Salim, who's just joined the podcast. So, oh uh, yeah, got another attacker among us. <laughs> Salim, Imran here is a striker, so he can give you some finishing tips, which you may need. <laughs> Salim plays um, for a Sunday league club called Inter Batley. So okay. he's also a, an attacking midfielder, aren't you, Salim? Yeah, I'm a sort of midfielder, box-to-box kind of thing. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, but I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not that good 11 aside. Like It's only my second season playing. I didn't really play when I was a kid. Uh, so yeah. I was more like five aside and seven aside, six aside, like that kind of thing. So, like... I don't know. I still, it's just weird, man. Get to grips with it, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. If it, I mean, for you guys, if you've been playing since you were like, you know, four or five years old or whatever, yeah. Like, like it's just like normal second nature. But for me, I don't know. It's just so different. Like, yeah, it's I, true. Especially if you go from like five side to 11 side, that positioning space wise is it's completely different. So, like, it's, it's weird because like when I play five side, seven side, whatever, like, you know, I can, I'd say I'm like, I'm, I'm decent. Like, uh, I, I don't worry. I can really like express myself on the pitch. Like yeah, I've got yeah. comfort to carry the ball and like, you know, I like zero fear whatsoever. But yeah. I don't know, 11 aside, I just, I just don't know. I just yeah. get scared. Or positionally, I'm just not as good enough. And I, I don't know, I just really struggled. But I watch so much football. Like I understand like football in that way, yeah. but playing 11 aside, I just, I don't know. I just struggle, yeah. but. It's just, just kind hard. of experience. Got to keep keep working hard. And, yeah. yeah. Good tip there from Imran, that, that right there as well. Don't be, <laughs> don't be scared of those big burly men in Yorkshire, Salem. You'll get part. <laughs> of no, it's it's weird because like you know the same people that I can play with. Like I'd play with those eleven side people, like on a five side pitch, and I'd be like way better than them, like technically and you know physically as well, like pace wise. But when it just comes to that eleven side pitch, I don't know. It's just so. I think weird. it's a mental thing as well. Like 
because yeah. of your comfort zone kind of thing when you're playing five aside, you, you feel like you know what you're doing, even though you, you're this, obviously the same player on, a, on another yeah. side, but you might be panicking, like, and you like, yeah, it is. it's tough as well. It is, yeah, like, I, even like simple stuff, like, you know, just like scanning or playing the ball out from the back. Yeah. Like, I'll just do it, like, second nature. Like, even on my weak foot, I could do it. But in 11 aside, I don't know. There's a bit of fear there. And stuff. There's, there's yeah. a bit of train effective there, isn't it, Sam? You've been watching those train <laughs> effective videos on Instagram. Yeah, that's it. I need, I don't know, man. It just, it's just so annoying because I feel like I've got all this, like, ability. Like, I'm not the best player in the world, but I've got a level of ability and I wish I could just, you know, use it more. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just, just like Imran said, just practice, isn't it? Because, yeah, um, for Imran, just to get a bit of context, like Salim is probably one of the best players that we have at our Friday Night Football when we were playing consistently, um, when we were both living together as well, or living yeah. in the same area. So he'd be like the one that everyone wanted on their team secretly. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> star man. Honestly, like, I'd never lose. I'd never lose like at Friday Night Football. It was, <laughs> it was, like, we used to have like the worst, they used to give us like the worst team ever, but we'd still win. They'd like, still it, manage to it. So I'm yeah. guessing that's where the name came from then, when you all, you all of you guys played together. Okay, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Friday Night Counter-Attack is when we were just counter-attacking on Friday nights. But <laughs> mostly about counter-attacking mental health in, in men's football as well. That's a yeah, massive yeah, trademark. Cool. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Um, but yeah, the main thing is is all part of God's plan, isn't it? That's that's how yeah, we have to exactly. go about it. And we're just taking care of one another when we were um just that's playing as well. Really good, man. Yeah. But Salem, one word of advice if if things were going bad for you as well, what I would say is literally just have a go at just playing with more space when you're playing um in and around the pitch as well. Because when you have more space, when you just get away from these opponents, I know it's probably difficult in Sunday League, but that's probably the best way that you could headline. Um, your team and, and get that victory or get that get that win as well, which would be good as well. Um, but no, let's just let's just start off with a, a conversation with you and Ron just about yeah. um, your career in football because again, this is something that we've been speaking a lot about on this podcast, Salem and I and our previous um, co-hosts that we've had as well yeah. in terms of the lack of um, Asian representation, Muslim representation yeah. from grassroots level in England coming through, which is which is one of those things that we've been speaking about for a while, but. To see someone get their professional, semi-professional contract with um, Slough, you're in the National League South, aren't you, as well? Yeah, so, National League South, yeah, that's right. So you're, you're literally, what, three, four steps away from professional contract terms? In to be fair, like, there's teams in our league that are full-time, and in the National League, which is the league above, there's, there's pro teams. But obviously, the Football League's like League 2, League 1, Championship Prem, so they're, if mm. they get two promotions, then they'll be in like the Football League, which is, which is crazy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because with with people that I'm working with at the moment, they coach yeah. in like the National League North as well, and they okay, coach yeah, in the yeah. National League. So I'm just there like this is where people for coaches they also start out as well uh, yeah, to get yeah. their experience in the United Kingdom, which is great. That isn't like grassroots level. So yeah, exactly. I just want to know a bit more about how your upbringing was in terms of literally just like with your football. Were your parents very supportive of you? Were your family very supportive? How was that was... kind of journey from like starting into football, like Salim mentioned with his and mine, compared to yours in a way? Yeah. So in terms of, I'll start with the parents. Luckily, like my parents have been really supportive. Like, I think as you guys all know, there's a lot of stereotypes that like, they need to be education focused and stuff. But yeah. I think luckily, because like, my parents, we had a vision and they thought they saw talent in me. They were always like willing to put put in the hours. Like my dad, we would drive all over the country. We'd be into, like, I can literally name any city, even like abroad and stuff. And and I've been there for like trials, like to train and stuff. So that's one thing. Like Alhamdulillah, I'm really, I'm really happy about because a lot of people as well. Like there's also stereotypes in terms of you know like a lot of Asian parents are like taxi drivers or they do jobs where there's unsocial hours, so they they may not even be able to like take their kids to to training and stuff. But luckily, my dad had a flexible job, so when I was younger, he would be driving me up and down every day. So there's so I'm really thankful for that. 
in terms of my career, um, obviously I started just like playing my friends and stuff like, like most people, I think around the age of eight, nine, um, there was like an after school football club and all my friends were staying and I was going home, I was thinking, where's everyone going? They said, oh, we're just going to play football, you should join. So I just joined there. And I think one of the parents there, like, she she saw me and she thought she I think I was doing well and she told my dad like oh who's he play for like he, he did really well today my dad was like oh he's not in a club it's like his first session so she was like oh you should get to like a local club like I think I think he'd do well so just join my local club literally down the road from me um, where, where is your local club Imran? So I live in Woking my local club was Meadow Sports oh, okay it's just like a Sunday club but yeah. that was when I was at nine joined that club um, did well, like scored, scored loads of goals. Just that's when I found my love for football. Yeah. Um, and then after that season, like another, it was like a Sunday club. But it was there was like obviously different leagues in my in the in the Sunday clubs. Yeah. So it was kind of like a higher league. Um, and this team was kind of known for getting players into academies, getting players like into the pro game at academy level. Um, so they they were interested and then signed with them and spent like two or three seasons with them. And that's actually how I got into like the Chelsea's youth system. Yeah. So did well there. That was a big step as well. Like in terms of, obviously you just kind of start playing out for fun and then like, yeah, you hear this interest and stuff. So that was a big thing for me. Like I was really happy. Um, but yeah, from that, there was like a, I, went, I played for Chelsea elite from 11 to 16. So it was like the one level below the academy. Okay. Um, did well there as well. I, I, I trained a year up and then had a couple of trials with the actual academy, but nothing like materialised. I was never offered a contract. And what kind of players did you play with at Chelsea? Do you, do you reckon any of them actually got through to the first team or reserves or anything like that? Um, to be fair, like, a lot of players, like, when they get to 16, that's when they would get, like, kind of released kind of thing. Um, mm. So it, with Chelsea, they, like, you can literally, even players now like De Bruyne, like, so many people came through there through their ranks and they kind of let them slip. So yeah, no one personally that I, I know one guy called Lucas, he got a he got a scholar, but then even he got released after he went to Southampton. Yeah. Um, so a couple of people made it a bit further than me, but no one that's into the first team now. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, yeah, so I was there till 16, then then stopped in where did I go after that? Then there was a few like options on my table. I had like a few national league clubs like under 18s. Yeah. Um, like Woking, my local one, like that type of level, offering me like a scholarship from 16 to 18. But you had to do like a college program where you do BTEC. Obviously, you guys m- might know about the, the youth scholarship system. Mm. And obviously, I did quite well in my GCSEs. Like I got all A's and above. So my parents didn't really want me to, oh, nothing's wrong with the BTEC, but in terms of they wanted me to kind of do A levels. And because it's like good to have a backup option, of course, because football, you know what I mean? Like it's such a small percentage that will make it. So um, I didn't end up going to, to that. But luckily, at this time, I also played for my county. Yeah. I was like, to represent them. And then through that, like a, a private school who would watch one of our games that was quite high profile, said, oh, like, we like the look of you. There's, there's a trial to get into our private school on a scholarship. Like, we'd like him to come down. At this time, I had no idea, like, of a private. I was like, what's, there's just a school like it's. But they had a really good, um, really good system. Like, they were trained every day. You'd have gym, like strength and conditioning, football, integrating your time to when you're studying at private school, like the A-levels are going to be getting a really high standard, really good teaching. So I went to the trial. There was like a series of trials and luckily did well, was offered a scholarship, ended up going there to do my A-levels. Um, and a lot of people from, I think there was like a few hundreds of people and they only gave scholarships to around eight. So like it was, it was quite intense to be fair. Um, 
so that was really good I think to pay the fees like for those type of schools like is like 18k a year and stuff so obviously nothing like I went to a state school in my life there's nothing I can afford so luckily that was a really good opportunity like I'm looking back I was really blessed to have that so I did that for 16 to 18 alongside my A-levels that also gave me the opportunity to to represent England schoolboys. so fantastic yeah like similar to how I was saying there was like a series of trials each like school would recommend like one or two players to put forwards that mm. they think is like can can represent the England schoolboys all over the country so I think it started off with like yeah a good few hundred then they'll narrow it down narrow it down narrow it down luckily I got to the to the final squads I remember like we had a camp at St George's Park and it, it, was, it was crazy like just to see like where England would we got to go to the changing and everything like that we got a cap after the game I remember the first game we had was against Wales at St George's Park um, luckily I scored in that game I was buzzing we won like, it was such a good experience something I'll never forget so like through obviously the the sixth form Royal Russell it was called I went I'm really thankful for that opportunity that's like something that I'll never forget like I mentioned do you still have that shirt as well the game shirt yeah I've got the cap like framed in my room like the team sheet and everything I sent you guys a picture after the after the podcast but um mm. then obviously COVID hit towards my second year of A level oh okay um so then we had more games with um, the England schoolboys. I think we had penciled in like two or three more games that we never got to play. Mm. Um, and then I was kind of stressed because towards the end of my um, Royal Russell career, I didn't have a club and COVID was happening. Like it was hard to get trials and stuff. So it, like for a few months, I was without a club um, and I couldn't even like, do you know what I mean? There was no teams training because that's when it was staying like, do you know what I mean? Like peak lockdown. And then in pre-season, luckily, someone I knew from, from Royal Russell said, oh, he gave me a contact um, of someone that worked at Sutton. Yeah. And they were holding an open trial. So I just thought, this was in summer, I think, when the lockdown eased a little bit and we were kind of allowed to go a bit more. Um, went down to that trial, luckily did well, and then they signed me for their under-19s. Yeah. Um, so I had like a, I stayed one year, basically, to the end of that season. So that was, I was really happy with that. They were in the National League at the time. Obviously, they're in League 2 now. They got promoted. So I played there for a season. Had a bad injury, though. Like, broke my fifth metatarsal on my right foot. And that's... I've never had, like... Alhamdulillah, touch wood, I've never had a really serious injury. Obviously, you get knocks, pains, niggles, but... that, but that could have fit. happened at the worst of times as well. That's the thing. Yeah, literally, like, I was... Oh, it was awful. mentally... It was Obviously, I learned so much from it, but it was mentally, like, one of the toughest experiences that I've had to deal with. But... Mm. Alhamdulillah, we got through it and everything. Alhamdulillah. Most of that year was, it was COVID injury. Like, it wasn't the best year for me. Like, I started off really strong. I remember we, it was pre-season. I think we played four or five games. I scored eight goals, like, with the 19s. And the day I got injured, I literally just got injured in training. The academy manager took me into his changing room. He was, well, he didn't tell me on the day, but he told me afterwards. He said that the day that you got injured, the first team manager like said oh we want him to train with the first team like the next day yeah when I got them my heart broke when I heard that I was like why is this happening oh you know what I mean like mentally it's you go yeah. through emotions but obviously everything happens for a reason and I wouldn't change anything now yeah but, that's fantastic yeah my season finished with Sutton um they got promoted to League Two so like I was buzzing and they're in the FA Cup as well yeah like having a good little FA Cup run mm. obviously my contract had ended with them and they don't have a 23 so it was 19s and they go and straight to the first team. team. And obviously, I'd been injured most of this season, not really like fit and hadn't got like a good number of games on my belt. So like I wasn't really gonna be the first team. I don't think would look at me. So he I spoke to the first manager, he said, like, 
we like the look of you, but obviously you need to get a season where you kind of like play and we can like reassess and stuff. And we'd have a 23s where that like, we can bridge the gap from like 19s football to first team. Like it's a big jump mm. to go from academy to like league two. Do you know what I mean? So he said like, yeah, just we can help you find the club on that we see something in you, but just we think you need like a some men's football or just like a year where you're playing because obviously COVID injury, everything like that, which makes sense, fair play. Um, and then that's obviously when I joined Slough. Yeah, which was this season in pre-season, I joined initially just with their twenty-threes. Um, I spoke to the first manager. Said like, because obviously I got recommended, and he said we have to because you're a young player. I was nineteen at the time. He said we have you have the process is you do play for twenty-threes. If you do well, you'll get a chance. Um, so I just had to like prove myself. Um, remember the first game I played for the twenty-threes, we played Stain's first team. We drew three, three, I scored a hat trick, and then I was like, okay, this is a good start. And I think that's when they really like, because he'd never seen me play before. He just got recommended. So it's kind of like going off someone's word, like, oh, he should be in your first team. But do you know what I mean? Obviously, you're going to be skeptical. You've never seen him play. So I thought like, I made a good first impression. They definitely and for the next, Yeah, for the next few months, um, played games for their 23s. It was really good. They're full time. So we train every day. Like, I felt mm. like I was improving, got over my injury. I was just happy to be playing football, to be fair. Um, and then after a few months, did well, got called up to train with the first team around like the Christmas period. Had a cup game where I got my debut. Alhamdulillah, I managed to score. And then since then, I was I was on the bench for a few games. Didn't come on, but it was good to be in and around it. And then recently kind of got my chance just in the turn of the new year. Um, was Came off like the last 10, 15 minutes of a few games. Managed to score and equalise. And I think after that, kind of got my starting spot recently. So... Obviously, yeah, there's been ups and downs, but I'd say that's a little... I know I was talking for a bit long, but that's a, kind of like an overview of, of, of my career. Luckily, I've just been rewarded with a contract at Slough, like you mentioned. Yeah. So it feels like it's kind of paid off, which is good, yeah. I've just sent you a little clapping emoji. There's a <laughs> round of applause for how long you spoke for. Salam, I think that's the longest anyone's spoken for on our podcast without a break. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> 14 minutes you're speaking for by yourself. That's mad. No, really well done. Take take a okay. breather, take a break. Because I'm just yeah. there like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk if you want, but it's like, nah, that's a sick story to hear. <laughs> really well done. And the fact that you survived, you survived COVID, you survived the injury scare as well. You did so much to just continue to get to the stage that you're at now as well. Yeah. It's remarkable. There's, there's no two ways about it. From what I can hear from what you told me and the, the passion in your voice, it's remarkable. Salomon, I'm not sure if you have anything to really add to that or to kind of just react to it, like with me, really. It's just a reaction. Fantastic. Yeah, no, it's the same. It just shows, like, you've had some setbacks. It's not been, like, a straightforward... Yeah, of course. You know, you've persevered, like... I'm a bit like you in that sense. Like, I play, like, a lot of football as well. Um, Like, I I used to play, like, three, four times a week. But just like you, I've never really been, like, injured and, like, broken anything. So I I kind of how you feel. Like, I've had, like, knocks and stuff. yeah certain issues and problems and stuff like muscular pain but I've never like broken anything but it's like you like yeah. sometimes I do get worried like you know if I do an ACL or something like that you know yeah. it's gonna be problematic like for my normal life like you know just normal stuff like showering yeah. and praying. Literally, like, honestly, that's what I was about to say like injury I think is, is, is the worst thing like because obviously my my whole life is football I train every day like when I didn't have that I, I felt lost I was like what, what am I meant to be doing like you said I couldn't even shower I was on crutches like yeah. It was, it was so tough mentally, but I remember as well, like, I was meant to be out for six weeks um, and I'd get regular checkups and stuff. And then I think after five weeks, he said, no, nah, it's fully healed. Like, you can come back. 
And then the session I came back, like I injured it again. And it was like another six weeks. Oh, no. And then, oh, like that was another heartbreak. And then I remember during those, the second period of six weeks, I was like, I want to see a specialist. Like I don't, the advice they gave me was kind of wrong. Like I want to see someone, I want to do this properly. Like this, my career's on the line. Like, especially when it was at a period where I was kind of fighting for a pro contract, fighting for first team football. I was like, yeah. I want to do this seriously. Like I've, I've done six weeks and it hasn't worked. Like, can I see a specialist? So we went to see a specialist. And I remember like for a few, couple of weeks, like my x-rays were looking really similar. Yeah. And I remember he called me. He was like, this is the first time I met the specialist. He was like, um, because the fifth metatarsal, basically the area where it is, it's like, it's called watershed. Yeah. So not a lot of blood flow gets there. Okay. And you need the blood flow to kind of repair the bone to heal the bone. Yeah. And he called me, he was like, yeah, like this may never heal. Like you might not be able to play again. Oh. And I heard that, like, I just I was shaking, started crying. I was like, like, yeah. How, do you, how can you re- react to that as well? Yeah, I was like, yeah. and he said it so, like, I don't think he meant it, like, because he was just kind of probably reading, like, what he, or the notes that he made, like, but... Just like, precautionary, that, just saying whole, it out loud as well. Yeah, it was, it was crazy to hear. And then, literally, I was speaking to my parents about this other day, like, hearing that, and then within, like, a, just over a few months in a year, like, to where I've come, it's, sometimes you just need to, like, be thankful to, obviously, God, and it's, 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 it's amazing, like, there's always going to be ups and downs, like you said, but... Just got to work hard and push through it if you really want it. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but that's what I mean. Like that time when you're injured, it's you know, it must be so hard for you because yeah. all you know is like football and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, look, you've come through it, and you know, yeah. on on to more. You know, start from the bottom and you know, <laughs> all the way to the top. Hopefully, so. <laughs> yeah, it's got to keep working. But yeah, so what's like, um, you know, what sort of plans have you got at the moment? You know, what's you know, in terms of career and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Without too much, you know, it's, it's best to keep your, your moves. Yeah, safe. yeah. Obviously, like, my mission is to play, obviously, at the highest level possible, but I know I'm not, I don't want to get carried away. Like, I'm just going to take each game as it comes. The main thing for me is just I want to be doing as much as I can, like, in terms of training, working hard, and that's the only way I'm going to improve. And then um, if things are meant to work out, I think they will work out. But what I can control is, like I said, how much I train, my diet, sleep, everything like that. So I don't want to look back at my career having a regret, like, oh, I wish I didn't, I wish I trained more, I wish I took it more serious, like, what I could have been, I could have played at a high level. So in terms of ambition, it's obviously to get to the top. Um, and I feel like if I keep working hard, like, you can slowly progress up the leagues. But but right now, I'm just trying to take it, like, not look too far in the distance. I think, like, it will happen naturally kind of thing, Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that's it, I guess. It's, you can only control one thing, and that's, you know, yourself, training yeah. and stuff. What, what what sort of um, is your like weekly like training routine? Because I'll be honest, like when I sort of started playing eleven aside, we used to train a lot as a team. We used to do a lot yeah. of like, drinking, and I used to like really enjoy it. I kind of enjoy that sort of um, that team environment, you know, like yeah. where we're all together and doing like joking around. Yeah, but I, I love it. Like even like yeah. even the hard running and all that because I hate running on like a treadmill and stuff. But once I'm doing like drills with like my mates and we're doing like sprints and all this, it, it changes everything. Yeah. It's so true. Like football feels like because if, if 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 you ask someone to run, like they're gonna hate it. But football, you are running, but it just feels like disguised. Like it's a really good way to obviously like get your fitness. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I've always said it. Like, if somebody told me to run, like, I, I run quite a lot in football, to be honest. Like, even five aside, six aside. But if somebody told me to run that much, like on a treadmill within yeah, like a never. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. after two, like looking at my phone and stuff. Yeah. But, but this is just something else, you know. Like, I, you know, I'd happily play every day if I could. But yeah, I mean, what what advice or training tips could you give to us? Like, do you think uh, you know cardio every day, gym every day? Like, what 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 sort of things do you sit? Do you you know? Diet as well. 
Are you on a vegan diet, Imran? Um, I'm not on a vegan diet, but do you feel like uh, I wouldn't even call it a diet now because for the past few years, like I've taken a lot of care in my in what I eat and stuff, so it's kind of become like a lifestyle. I wouldn't look at it like a diet. Maybe look someone looking at it and be like, oh, he's really strict. But it just it kind ain't of hard to tell. Community. It ain't hard to tell, Imran. I can't. Like it. It ain't hard to tell. <laughs> but yeah, um, in terms of diet, I'd say obviously like before games, you want to have a little bit more carbs to give you the energy. I have a really high protein like most days to like stay lean, like for my muscles to repair and stuff. Mm. Um, stay away from like sugar, fizzy drinks. Like I haven't had fizzy drinks or chips for like a good few years now. And I, I think that's made a real, real good difference. It's a good um, state of mind that it's a New York state yeah. of mind. Yeah. Like, I, I love cooking as well. Like since mm. I feel like with football has helped me like with even skills like cooking, like I love to cook homemade. Like what I do as well, like I'll get on like Sunday, get like a kilo of chicken cook that up and like meal prep for the week so like instead of like when I'm at uni you know when you're at uni it's easy to like go out with your friends and stuff I'll just bring like a bit of chicken some salad like I can heat that up at, at uni and get my protein in that way instead of like going out having fried food or like do you know what I mean yeah just the surviving the times like that as well yeah it's, it's tough especially yeah. with uni because a lot of it is very social like going out and stuff but like I said it's, it's all about sacrifice so now, I think that's quite important. Like, I was quite a lot like you, where, whereby I never used to, like, eat junk and stuff. And I, ne- I probably I still don't even drink fizzy drink and stuff. But recently, I don't know what it is. It's just been this whole working from home and stuff. Yeah, I, I just, and, everything. and the thing is, like, I'm living alone. I can't cook as well. It, it's yeah. just so tempting to just, like, it's so easy. It's, just easy. Get- it's convenient. Pick up your phone, delivery is there. Yeah. But I, I need to start doing this meal prepping. Like, I keep telling, because I, I kind of love just having, like, you know, grilled chicken with, like, yeah, yeah, even if it's a bit spicy, because I keep telling myself, like, you know, I need to get my fitness levels back to where they were kind of thing. And I, like, I think it's really important to stay fit and, you know, stay lean because, it, you know, end of the day, like, as you get older, it's, it'll just become problems for you if you don't. But yeah, I was actually, what, what are you studying at uni? So at uni, I'm studying computer science right now, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, thank, yeah. God, thank God I found you because you could help me in, in computer science for years <laughs> as well, so. If you're if you're playing for England, but you still know about computer science, you'll have to take it as well. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I was gonna go into into dentistry. I did like the work experience for and everything, but I just thought like that's very full time hands on. Like even yeah, now, you I'm can't half computer your science is, yeah, it's, I can't really do half and half of that. I'm not saying like computer science is easy. Like it's a really tough degree, but there has to be times where like I'll leave my like lecture early. But like with dentistry, you kind of like do you know what I mean? They, I don't think they'd be happy we did that. I'll just catch up later myself. But yeah, so I, I was gonna. Nice. I was going to ask, actually, I've got a good question for you. If you were to liken yourself here yeah, to somebody, you know, a footballer, professional, like on, on how you play kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying play like Messi or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your Even, characteristics and stuff. Yes. Yeah, like, a lot of people, when I was at Sutton, everyone would call me Mares, like right winger, left footed. Yeah. Do, do you think that's a racial thing, though, because of the beard? Yeah, obviously, yeah, there's a link there. But <laughs> to be fair, like, I love Mares, the way he plays, he's so technical, like, yeah, I mean, like, even the other day against Man um, United, the two goals he scored, like it's top quality. I get Are you left footed or right footed, bro? I'm left footed, yeah. Uh, I play on the right, so it is similar in, in terms of that. Like, I mean, appearance as well, but <laughs> silky feet. As some well. people say, some people say Salah. Mark, those are the two I mainly get. To be fair, mm. nah, that's good. That is. I mean, life I, is like life is like a dice game. At the end of the day, you never know who you're gonna <laughs> end up playing. Because we've always said before, and um, with Salah, like Salah models his game on Jack Grealish. So oh, yeah. we record our we record our gameplays when we actually do go back and play football with our friends. It's on our YouTube channel. So for anyone listening, we're at GoPro Friday Night Football. So I'm wearing a GoPro on my head and I'm yeah. like watching Salem. It's like watching like a, 
a smaller Asian Jack Grealish, which is great. Liam <laughs> blushing right there as well. But are the calves the same size? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably yeah. say they're right. They definitely stick out the calves do as well. So those small no, stuff. I'm embarrassing now on the podcast. Uh, I'll be honest, like the thing is, he's somebody that uh for me, like he's obviously been my, like my favorite player because obviously being a Villa fan and watching, you know, like players come through, but he was sort of a kid that because I used to watch like the first team, the reserves and the youth team, and I used to play like a lot of football managers, so like so oh, yeah, I love that game. <laughs> You're on player. football manager now, aren't you, Imran? Yeah, I should be on it. Now, yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on it next year as well because of my scouting. So that's gonna be quite that's, cool. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna sign you then, and uh, <laughs> look out there and probably like put you in the reserve somewhere. But no, no. <laughs> but yeah, so because of that, I, I knew so many like players, and um, the thing is, like, I just remember back then, like, obviously I was the only like Villa fan up here in Yorkshire. Yeah. So I'd be telling my mates like, oh yeah, this Jack Grealish kid. Like it was 16 or something at the time, 15, 16. I was like, oh, he's gonna be a good player. And everyone just like laughs at you, like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Chat is deluded, whatever he's just chatting. But then, you know, the thing is, I've watched him play from like 15, 16, like in youth games to reserve games to, to when he was on loan. Yeah, that must be so like rewarding. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah, it's so good. And like the thing is, like, even like the way he plays and that I, I love the way that he plays, like, you know, off the cuff kind of thing. And it's um, true. Like, especially I think more at Villa, like he the way he expresses yeah, himself, yeah. like it's like he's playing in his back garden, like he's just enjoying himself. It's so yeah, nice to watch. Yeah. Like I see, I see myself like playing like a bit like how he used to kind of play. Like I'm, I'm not like extremely quick, but I've got like that burst of pace. And like, yeah, I love, yeah. I just so love really. having the ball. I just love like having the ball. Yeah. I don't like playing without the ball. So it was, it was more so like that kind of thing. And um, I also remember like when I was sort of young, I used to play with like a lot of like older people. So I used yeah, to be like, yeah. quite skinny, and um, it used to be quite tough for me because like, they'd just be like fouling me all over the place. But yeah, yeah. But, I love too for like I get fouled a lot as well. But I think. People say like, oh, why didn't you lose your head? Like, well, I'd get, I'd get angry. But I think it's, it's a compliment in a way. Like, they have to find yeah. kind of thing. Like, I, you know I, mean? I compliment when I was like seventeen, and like these big guys couldn't stop me, so they're taking yeah. me out. And now looking, looking at it, like I'm a bit like older now. Like I'm twenty five. <laughs> like, I'm playing with, like little kids now, so it's a bit like younger lads. So it's a bit weird now. But yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, I get you. I just, I just love the playing style and like you know, sort of base my play on that, but. Yeah, it's, it's still like developing on 11 aside, but yeah. yeah. So you must be loving like Villa right now, like you signed Coutinho, like you're playing some great football. Yeah. What do you think about it now? Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like if you think about it, we could have easily been how Everton are right now. So a lot of yeah. fans like, realise, like we, we did have like a bit of a sticky patch, but we could have easily have gone the other way. Yeah. And it was going to take time. Like I was, I was sad that Dean Smith lost his job, to be honest. Like I didn't want him to get sacked, but... I'm happy with Gerard and like I do yeah. feel like the man to take us forward. We've got some yeah. like players like Wendy has probably been our best player this season, and you know he, he only made the bench the last game. Yeah, so we've got a lot of like there's a lot of talent there, and um, I feel like we're going to probably sign a few more players, and then I really I just really want to see Villa in the Champions League or something like that, and you know. <laughs> yeah. like, you never I, know I, what can be done, man. Yeah, <laughs> thing like I've never seen Villa like win a trophy, so like just to see something like that would be yeah. like the like I've been Wembley a few times. For a few like cup finals and stuff like that, but it's sort of not really worked out. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm hoping like you know someday something something happens in my lifetime. Maybe I don't. <laughs> You'll get bought by some more billionaires as well, and like a, an Arab constituent, and they'll just take over as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Salem, who do I play like? Go on, I've never been compared to anyone. Who do I play like? I don't know. You're you're kind of different because you're like a lot of running, a lot of box to box, mm. and. Um, you, you can do a bit of everything, so I, I'm trying to put 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 a name on it. I think you're like somebody like Park G Sung or something like that. 
I've compared myself to Bart Sung in the past as well. <laughs> I was thinking the way you described it, I was thinking like James Milner, but yeah, I've also can... I've also described myself to James Milner like it's just an, an all action man in the midfield, yeah. just doing what everyone doesn't want to do, and I'll do it yeah. just so the team wins. I'm a team player, like that kind of guy. Needs to be done because actually I was gonna I was gonna ask you something else. So it's Hams. It's just like uh, another. No, question. go for it. Go for it. Go for it. I was gonna say like, do you watch a lot of football or not? Um, yeah, I do. But like, obviously, when I have a game on Saturday or Tuesday, a lot of games are happening, so I'll either have to watch highlights and stuff. But like, for example, on the Sunday when I don't have training or a match, I watch the City United game. So like, when I get time, I try to, but my time's kind of consumed with my own training, my own football. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's hard to. Watch like a full game, but I'm always watching the highlights and stuff. I'm making sure I'm up to date. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm like the same. Like I sort of like watch so much football now. Like looking back, like even if I don't watch the games, I watch like highlights for like every yeah. game. Why? Like I just like to see like how every goal happened and stuff because it's yeah, so yeah. inspiration you can take from. You could just pick th- like you pick things up like subconsciously as well. I yeah, think. Like, I feel like you can learn a lot. Like for you, obviously, it's more important because I'm, like, I'm not going to be playing for anyone anytime soon. Like, that. <laughs> but for you, it's like just by watching football. I reckon you could learn like so learn much. Lot, yeah. Now, I've, like, ever since I was a kid, I always would watch that match of the day. That's like the show that I'd never fail to miss. Like most weeks, do you know what I mean? Growing up, but yeah. No, because I've been bashing on about it for ages since I've become a scout. Like when you're a video scout, you can learn so much by watching people's movements when they run, mm. how they scan the little things in their game because it just builds them up so well. And what I would recommend to you both, if you don't watch already, is Between the Lines with Rio Ferdinand on BT Sports. I was actually, before this podcast, I just watched the episode with Jordan Henderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah it came out this week. It's fantastic because yeah. it was on before Great. the Inter Milan preview as well. When you're looking at what Henderson does, and I've been saying it for ages, well, oh, he's a box-to-box midfielder. It'll go yeah, on yeah. and he'll make diverting runs for Trent and Salah to go in. Into the channels, yeah. On the I was like, oh, no, Henderson's crap. He hasn't got <laughs> I'm like, but when Rio Ferdinand does it, oh, Henderson's amazing. Yeah, I've yeah. been saying this for ages. But it's one of those <laughs> things that people don't recognise. And when players can recognise this in their game and what they can say and how they say it back, that's a big trait for you to have, I'd say, man, going forward as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll try and implement that more. And like Salim said, it's like just subconscious as well. So it's not like we're burdening with you with so much pressure on your young shoulders so early. It's just literally just learning things in football. No, no, there's always... Like, for example, like Ronaldo, he's always, I'm sure he's always willing to learn. That's like what I want to be like, do you know what I mean? So I'll never like take it in the wrong way, do you know what I mean? I'm always open mm. to, to improving my game now. Definitely. It's like I was coaching on Monday and yeah. the head the head coach that we had he, in front of everyone was like, oh yeah, it's really good, well done. And then when everyone walked away, he's like, that was that was a really bad training session. You did do this, <laughs> yeah. this and this. And I'm like, I appreciate you doing that. I emailed back to him, I appreciate you did that because when you learn from it, you know you can come back better. And then yesterday came back better. And I was like, yeah, it's brilliant. It was really yeah, good. Exactly. And uh-huh. it's when you learn things straight away and you subconsciously take on things just like that. And you yeah. get to go going 100%. forward as well. Um, but no, Imran, we've got two choices for our six aside. Um, this was a bit more lighthearted. Well, it's been a lighthearted podcast, actually. Salem has made it uh, lighthearted. We call him Sir Salem Parkinson because it's such a nice <laughs> uh, host. Um, see, he just shrugs. He's like, yeah, it is what it is. Oh. Salim, what should we do? Imran's a Chelsea fan. So do you want to do six-side Chelsea, which we've not done yet? Or do you want to do six-side free kick-takers? I want to do Chelsea, to be honest, just for Imran. Let's do it, let's do it, because Imran's on. We have oh, a co-host, Safian, who's a Chelsea <laughs> fan, but he's never on. I was going to say, it should be Zayek, surely, not Mares. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, actually. <laughs> yeah, but Imran said he's got more legs on him in terms of running. So Zayek is like a 
luxury player in that way. Yeah, that's true as well, actually. Uh, you sure? Like, we were saying the whole Shisha Maris thing, so you could fit that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We mentioned Shisha Maris once upon a time. I'd, I'd then stick with Salah then, because Salah actually does the, the running back. Do you track back him, man? Yeah, like... Yeah. We'll go especially for like now we wear like um they give us GPS and then they, they oh, when like, when playing as well yeah so like we, we it tracks Where like the, how vest? Much, the vest yeah right? underneath the shirt like the vest how much you run like your top speed like sprint distance so like if you're not running like you'll get told like what you're doing so like yeah you need to run good man that's good that is go on Salem what are we doing for a six aside yeah I, I think Man City is the I mean not Man City Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea go on Imran you can do present six aside in terms okay. of like the last let's say 15 years of, of you um, okay, being a Chelsea cool, fan cool. Yeah. and then Salem and I we can do six aside for Chelsea yeah. and you guys can like help me with the present one as well because I want to get like your opinions as well but yeah let's just do that uh, I'm going to do uh, yeah I'm going to do uh, the thing is you can't compare you can't do present and past because the past player is obviously going to be better isn't it that's the problem yeah. okay I've got I've got one then Um, you can do how, how can we do it we'll do this Champions League we'll era, this we'll do okay, this yeah. Champions League era from Di Matteo up until um, Tuchel, from Jose Mourinho up until Di Matteo. He's got one era and a second era. Do you get what I mean? I, I don't know. I think we could do just, we could do like a present, literally like just this season, then like the best six aside, and then we could do present like all of all time. We could do that. Yeah, yeah, that's better. I think I think we'll do. I think we'll just do both. We'll okay. do both. We'll go through both to, to make it easier. So we'll do it all together then. I think that makes sense. So, okay. Past so this, six aside for Chelsea. Yeah. Who, okay, check, I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you both the choices. But Petr Cech or Thibaut Courtois, who's going in goal for you? It's got to be Cech. Cech. Yeah. <laughs> Easy as pie. And if you've got one defender to choose from, John Terry, Ashley Cole. Um, it has to be JT, Villa Legend. This is why we don't do Chelsea ones, because they're just too easy, isn't it? Um, okay. No, honestly, just a note on JT when he played for Villa for that one season. I didn't understand. Like I realized how good he actually was. You know, like everyone always thought he was like a tough tackling Rose Z defender, but it was complete opposite. I mean, he was a tough tackling defender, but honestly, the way he could play on the floor, he, so, I think he, I think people don't realize that when they're watching that you think it's like one dimensional their game, but they've Everyone has a base level that's unreal, like, do you know what I mean? To get to that but, level. For him as well, like, he used to be a midfielder, I think, but honestly, unreal talent. And he used to yeah. have control of the game. Like, he knew the whole picture in front of him. But yeah, honestly, loved him. And I, I loved him when he was like a coach for us as well. Yeah. Now, I, I used to see him sometimes, like, when I'd be training at Cobham, like, coming in, like, obviously, like, his crazy car. Like, I think him, I remember Salah, you remember Salah's at Chelsea? Yeah. I used to, I used to see him, like, training. All that the people in my team were like, no one was excited to see him because he was like not big then. I'm thinking that now, if you saw Salah, you'd, you'd like, he'd be like one of your favorite. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rush to the car. I need that. <laughs> yeah, he'd be rushing to get a picture. Definitely. But, yeah. Okay, I've got a tough one for you. Holding midfielder, Makalele, Ramirez, or Essien. Which one are you going for? We're not, we're, not picking, <laughs> we're not picking John Obi Mikel. We don't need him in that holding midfielder role. And we're not going to pick Kante because that would be for like a, a present one. Yeah, a present yeah. one. I was going to say Makaleli just because they named the role after him. If not, it'd be Essien. Yeah, I, I him or Essien, I think. Essien's a good one as well. I, I, like, I liked Essien, but he's injury prone a lot. Everyone just remembers him for that goal against Arsenal, like neutral yeah, fans. Yeah, he scored some crazy goals. I see Makaleli. If you're naming a position after a player, it has yeah, to be. Yeah, it's that's true. That's a really good point. Like, literally, Kante plays in that Makaleli role Bro, yeah. for Chelsea, which is crazy. Yeah, I'd say let's go with Makaleli for that one. Got Czech. Terry, Makalele. Now we're going for an attacking midfielder. I'm not going to even say it. It's just Frank Lampard, and it? It's just Frank Lampard. Yeah, it's got to be. 
Now we're going for a winger. This will be fun. Damien Duff, Ian Robben, Joe Cole. Zola. Zola. He's a striker. I was going to put him in striker. Okay, yeah, him, against, him against Drogba will be fun. Um, one more winger. Who, who have you got? You've got Maluda. He was a good winger as well. Would you say Hazard's up there? He's yeah, in, I, 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 that's for I'd Hazard. say he's up there. Yeah, I'd say he's up there. I was thinking more Hazard. I was like... I was going to say somebody underrated though was Juan Mata for Chelsea. Yeah. Because he's he getting like 30, 40 like GA a season. Like those kind of numbers were... Yeah, that is true. It's unreal mm. numbers. He just got, you know, unfairly treated and stuff. But he's he's definitely up in a com- in a conversation, but maybe yeah. not the conversation. But yeah, in- yeah. yeah. I think you mentioned Hazard, and we can't look past Hazard if we're talking. I was going to say that like, for a few years he was the main man that like, we relied on him for, like, do you know what I mean, like to win us games, and he was literally the key player. Um, Hazard. Hazard, man, like the stuff that but he I don't do. like Hazard. That's the thing. I don't want him in this team. I, I don't <laughs> like him. He's just one of those annoying players to, to watch. He's always going down. I like, could watch, but the thing I could watch be- him now. It's like watching Aguero. You just don't want to see him do well against a team, and he always did well <laughs> against Man United. Yeah. So I'm just there, like he's just like a, a pain in our side. But he's a great player to watch. Yeah, no. So I, I'm, he- I'm, I'm, I'm going to go bias, and I'm going to go Juan Mata. Um, as a winger but shout, shout out to Joe Cole though Joe Cole was a sick winger and Robin just was better at Bayern Munich I would say to be fair yeah like for me the problem with Hazard was that he didn't get enough numbers for me in terms of goals and assists but he, he did have that sort of playmaking side to him which is yeah. overlooked like dribbles and distance carried and like these important I think something like stats obviously it's good to go stats but some things like stats can yeah. never measure do you know what I mean Massa the Champions that, League as well like goals and assists don't really like quantify Hazard because if you look at how many like man of the matches and stuff he's had yeah. and like the sort of role he played for the team in more of a playmaking view it's hard to compare him to like Salah for example because Salah's yeah. more yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can't look past him. You know, he's he's a world class player, and he's been unlucky at Real Madrid to see. It's, yeah, it's kind of hard to see like, like his career kind of go down a little bit. Yeah, like for me, I, I wish he sort of comes back to Chelsea and kills it at Chelsea. Like I, I'd love, I'd love to see him get, you know, another title or something in his career. Like I just feel really bad for him. Yeah, I've got a question bad. for you both. What was the best version of Hazard at Chelsea? Sari, Conte, Mourinho. Probably Conte. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. You'd say Conte, but I really liked him under Sari. I can't lie. The attacking okay. play that Sari played is more open. It's yeah. fun to watch him play. He got his best figures in that season as well, best numbers. But it's just they, I, didn't, yeah. they only won the Europa League that season as well. Yeah. When That's the thing. Like, he was playing with Fabregas and Costa, I think that was unreal period of time as well. I First season with Conte was brilliant. Yeah, I think it's hard to look past that, but I see your point as well, yeah. It's one of those things where, uh, where Chelsea were very exciting to watch and normally, again, respectively, in yeah. they're not very ex- exciting to watch 1-0 Chelsea, 2-0 Chelsea. That's kind of yeah, it. Exactly. And that's how Conte would win the, win the league as well, which, which, which was the one. Um, but I've said Massa. Who are you guys going to go for? Who, who, what's the deciding vote? I think Hazard, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll stick with Hazard. Go on, we'll go, we'll go with the team as Hazard's got. Hazard, Lampard, Makalele, Terry, Petacek, and up front, we've got Zola, got Drogba, Anelka, who was a very underrated player for Chelsea, I might add. Um, Diego Costa, a very good striker, very good menace in the box as well. Leader of a, of a striker as well. I think I, I would say that's it because past, you've had a lot of yeah, first strikers. One season, not two seasons, yeah. Mm, the Torreses, the yeah. Morattas. Exactly. Devchenko. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's, got to be, it's got to be the king, Didier, hasn't it? 
Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say like you can't look past him like the goal in the Champions League. Like he's 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 gone down in history. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Were you at Chelsea at the time then as well in the development stage? Uh, that was two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So were you there yeah, when like, they people were crazy back? about him back then? Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy experience as well, but. Yeah. I, th- I think we'll just settle for this for this little past one. Yeah, so that's past really pretty good. good. Yeah. I think it's probably what everyone will kind of expect. Makaleli was a good shout as well. Yeah. I know what what happens in right is we get loads of people after saying, Oh, you forgot this person. Yeah, How dare you like, forget this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people will be like, Why don't you pick Ashley Cole or why don't you pick like Mario Melchior or something? Like he was like good. That. I remember I spoke to one of my coaches used to say, like, obviously Ashley Cole, I'm not saying he's a bad player, he used to say like when he was a little bit younger. Mm in terms of, like, at the start of his career, like, he wasn't one of the better players, but they kept him because apparently, like, his work rate was crazy. Like, he was the hardest worker, like, his attitude. And then, obviously, he improved so much. So, like, whenever someone mentions Ashley Cole, I have, like, so much respect for him because of what I've heard from, like, coaches telling me, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely up there as well. And I think that kind of, that's kind of been a big theme of this kind of podcast, that hard work outweighs talent. Yeah. You could be the most talented guy. And we've, we've spoken about this a lot as well, Salem and I. And the rest mm. of the guys on the podcast that we've seen so many uh, talented footballers from our communities, from our areas, Asian, Muslim, yeah. uh, Hindu, Sikh, whatever it is, but they just don't get forward. But like uh, yourself, yeah, like you mentioned, like, Imran, not yeah. to not to blow the hype of, of this podcast, but you've gone through rejection, you've gone through being released, you've gone through injury, and the hard work's only just beginning as well. Yeah, exactly. It really goes to show that hard work outweighs talent, and if you keep that mentality going yeah. I have no doubt I have no doubt that we'll see you go as, as far as possible Premier League I like, it's like, like you said like the rejection and stuff like I didn't even mention I was I had a trial at Mill like a six week trial which didn't work out when I was mm-hmm. I think I was too young like at the time I wasn't ready I think I was like 12, 13 yeah. but like I just want to A like prove them wrong should I mean like that because obviously they, they they have their opinion but it is just an opinion yeah. Um, but like you mentioned, the underrepresentation of Asians in football, it really like upsets me. But I feel like it also gives me like that fire in my belly to like be that pioneer, be that first one to break through. Because I feel like once you have that role model, then a lot of clubs will start taking you more serious. And I feel like in terms of hard work, we have to work like so much harder just to get that looking. But obviously, you can't change your religion, your situation, your ethnicity, whatever. So like I said, the most important thing is to to do what you can control and and work with that, but yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Really what we're really, really putting around there as well. Um, but yeah, I think that six is probably one of the best ones we've actually done, Salim the yeah, fight. No, that's a, that's every every <laughs> every every player in that team is elite as well, which is which is incredible to see as well. One last question on Chelsea before we, we go forward, Imran. Yeah. What what do you see Chelsea winning this season? Or if you see Chelsea winning anything this season? I'll finish. I think this season will be tough to to win anything, maybe. Um, mm. I think league-wise, Liverpool City are, are levels above everyone in the league. Like, um, as, as much as it hurts me to say that, I think it's true. Um, so I think I think City and Liverpool will clinch the title. I think we'll definitely get top four. And we've had, like, especially recently, like the game on, on, on the weekend, we're playing some great football now, but I think it'll be, it's a little bit too late to, to go for that top spot, yeah. Who do you guys reckon is gonna, gonna win it this year? What, the Premier League? I've, yeah. I've said, unfortunately, at the beginning of the season, I did say Chelsea were going to win the league. Oh, really? Um, but I've been proven wrong. So I was really happy with the fact that Romelu Lukaku had signed for Chelsea. I thought it'd be great and Tuchel would fit him into the system. Um, but yeah. it's looking like a Manchester City 
win at this moment in time. And I work and study with a lot of Manchester City fans, so it's yeah. not the best of areas to be in as well. Salim, no, I'm you saying with you, like, at the start of the season, I was like, the way we were playing last season, obviously Champions League, like the signings we made, like it looked really promising, but I just think it hasn't quite worked out. I just think Liverpool and Man City are, like I said, levels, a bit of a level ahead of us. What do you think about the Champions League, though? Could we retain it? I think it would be tough. I think it would be tough. I think PSG, obviously, I think whoever will get through PSG, Real Madrid, I think they have a good chance of winning it. Um, obviously, you can never overlook Bayern. But, um, yeah, I think, I don't think we'll be able to, to retain it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And the FA Cup beat Luton last week, I think it was, as well. So again, yeah, FA Cup is one, I reckon... Liverpool yeah. and Man City still in it. If we were to win anything this year, I think FA Cup could be the one. So yeah, let's. I'll say yeah, we might win FA Cup this season. I think FA Cup top four and maybe a Champions League quarter or semi final. That's what I think this season. Will, that's what I think how it play out. That's fantastic. Not for Chelsea fans. Not for me. Because <laughs> Man United are going another season without a trophy. Unless we do something special in the Champions League, which I I doubt will happen. And if it does happen, I'll get this clip back up and I'll just put it on. <laughs> show yeah, I'll be like, ah, you proved yourself wrong. Like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just before we finish off our podcast, we're going for a quick fire round of the Premier League coming up this weekend. We're going to ignore the Thursday games. So what I'll do, Imran and Salim, is I'll literally just pick a game and you just say win, lose or draw for whichever team. So I'll just, we'll just go in in order of Saturday. So Imran, start us off. Brighton versus Liverpool. Who's winning? Liverpool. Easy, easy win for Liverpool. Brighton were doing good over the winter. They've just kind of slowed down, got a yeah, couple of hours yeah. recently, but I really like Graham Potter's way of playing football. Salem, yeah. Brentford versus Burnley. Who are you going for? Uh, Brentford for me. Brentford did well against um, Norwich as well. That little yeah, Ericsson. Ericsson back as well, yeah. It was his first start as well, which was incredible to see after what he went through. Fantastic. Um, Man United versus Spurs. I'll do that being the Man United guy on the podcast. I think Spurs are going to win. It won't be a 6-1 like last season. I think it'll be like a 2-1, 3-1 win at home. Um, no, Man United are at home, but we're going to lose at home, which is not the best situation going into yeah. the Atletico Madrid game next season. And our club is a mess. I told Salim I'd go on a rat this episode, but I think it's been <laughs> such a joyous episode and nice to talk about <laughs> different things. It. We'll, leave yeah. it, we'll leave it for an episode because I know for a fact there'll be more rants coming at the end of this season going forward. Um, Salem, talk to us about Chelsea versus Newcastle. I know Imran's a Chelsea fan, but I want to know your thoughts on Newcastle United, how they've kind of come I'm back. I'm surprised um, by it. But I thought, I thought they would have got relegated, to be honest. I kind of wanted them to go down too, but I still We both Chelsea... did, to be fair. We both did. But yeah, on Chelsea, actually, I was just going to mention quickly, like when they, when I saw them sign Lukaku, I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, probably the best yeah. tight race ever. Like, you know, three teams in there, United potentially in there too with Varane and Ronaldo being signed. But I'm just disappointed. Like I was telling my mate who's a big Chelsea fan, like you've signed Lukaku for like 97 mil or something. That's yeah. 20 to 30 goals you've guaranteed now. And he was like, nah, he won't do well. He won't do well in this stuff. And I was like, nah, he's, he's definitely going to do well. He's had an amazing season and stuff. But... Yeah, it's just sad to see it not work out for him again in English football. But yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I think for Chelsea, I think the thing now is like, what what's the plan going forward? They've got they've got a really big squad. I mean, you, you don't realize how many players they've actually got. I know the few lads might leave, like Christensen, obviously might go on a free. Rudiger might leave too, but they've got Saar. They've got some other players like Trevor Chalobahs. I quite like watching him play. And even in midfield, they've got so many options. Like Saul, Saul, like people forget, but he was, you know, quite a crucial part of the Atletico team before he came down. And they still got like they could leave Kante on the bench. That that sort of depth. I think some some weekends, like I see our bench, I'm like, this could like 
all of these could easily start. Like it's it's yeah. good. We've got a good squad depth, but you want to have like that core as well. Do you know what I mean? Of like, I feel, you feel like you've got like too many players as well. Like, yeah. like Pulisic and Pulisic as well. Like, he's another talent. Hudson Lost cheap, barely getting a game as well. Playing yeah. about last week as well. I think. You know, still got like Hudson, Hudson Adoy there. They've still got like it's like Havertz, Werner. That's too many players for loan, good, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I feel like I feel like. Like if for some of those players that want to play in the World Cup and they're not playing every week, they might need to leave because it's kind of turning into a bit of a Man City like Pep roulette situation. And the thing is, as as much as, as it is good to have squad depth, he sort of needs that consistency as well. But for Pep, he sort of manages it quite better. I don't think Pep's got a bigger squad than you. I think he's got a few more kids that he's been bringing through. Oh, but yeah. I think your squad is a bit more bloated. But I, to be honest, I feel like some some of the guys should leave and. Yeah, they, they, they could easily start games you know elsewhere and then like push their career forward not that it didn't work out at Chelsea or something like that it's just you can't have that many people on the bench like yeah. Pulisic is going to be happy to sit on a bench for half the season he's the type of level of player that wants to start every week but you know that's the problem that they've got some of these players on the bench for Chelsea could be like main men for other teams exactly, as well yeah. they could be poster boys for yeah. these other clubs easily I think that's that's what I'd probably agree with as well with Sam as well like Great to have squad depth, but when you're seeing someone like um, Timo Werner, who hasn't really fit into Chelsea's system over the last two years, he could easily do well in, in a different type of team. He could go back to Germany, Germany replace, yeah. ha- replace Haaland, for example, at, at Borussia Dortmund. That'd be a great thing with the yeah. way that they play football as well. It'd be great to see, but that's another example as well. But Imran, do you reckon Everton will beat Wolves or do you reckon Everton are kind of just down in the dumps at the moment after Frank Lampard got battered yesterday 5-0 yeah, think- at White Hart Lane? To be honest, sometimes when you have a defeat like that, like the reaction can be good as well. Mm. Um, I'll go with a draw for that one. Draw. That's 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 a shout. Salem, I'm thinking a draw as well. Like Wolves, they're in that top four hunt as well, which is crazy. But Salem, yeah. I'm gonna go for you with the other relegation candidate who are 16th. Same points, I think, as Everton. No, one point ahead. The Leeds United versus Norwich. That's a big relegation battle on the weekend. It's not televised as well, which is very annoying. That would have been a good game to watch. Yeah, but I guess they probably wouldn't have known. But I was gonna say I'm I'm going to the um, I'm going to the Leeds Villa game on Thursday, mm. uh, so like a good away day there. A lot of um, a lot of like my team and that at work are Leeds fans too, and quite a few people I do know. So I do sort of end up talking about Leeds quite a bit. But mm. yeah, I mean I feel bad for Norwich. I think Dean Smith's done a good job since he's gone in. He's just not been able to pick up as many points as he probably would like. But I don't think that Norwich are dead. I think when he came in, they looked like they were dead and relegated. But there's still a chance. Like, the thing is, you just need to put a few wins together. And all of us, like, look at Newcastle. Everyone thought they were 100% gone. There was Southampton that year where they lost, like, 9-0 or something. Everyone thought they were gone and, you know, they stayed up. There was us uh, who obviously looked like, like, I think we had seven points to make up in, like, four games or something. And, you know, we stayed up. So you can never write anyone off, but I feel like... Burnley every season as well, by the way. Yeah, Burnley. But I feel like it'll be a draw. Like I really want to see Norwich stay up, but mm. I think it'll be a draw. Fantastic. Uh, Southampton versus Watford is next. I'm going to go for a Southampton win. Um, Watford, I feel like they're, they're going down. Roy Hodgson hasn't really changed their ways. They they press differently, which is good. They, they're more compact under Roy Hodgson, which is great to see. Like we've always expected under Roy Hodgson, but yeah. I, I think Southampton will get around them a few times and I'm still the advocate, again, for the last year and a half, two years of James Ward-Prowse needs to be in the England squad for the internationals coming up and be playing because we've missed that ball kind of ball-playing midfielder and um, it's been worrying to see how 
England need a ball player midfielder for yeah. December, November in the World Cup, which is even like I remember like, you mentioned like the free kicks that we were not going to do for the for the Sixers side. Like he was one of the names that came straight into my mind, so that like he has that as well. Imagine like late on in the game, you need if you get a set piece, like I want him on it to get a goal. The thing is, with England, they have very good set piece takers. Yeah, set it's true. Very good. Tough to like, yeah. Um, uh, who's the number? Mason Mount's very good as well. Luke yeah. Shaw's surprisingly better for England. Even Trippier, like when he was in, in the World Trent, Cup. Trent, we've forgotten as well. Trent, yeah. forgotten. But yeah, no, Trippier in the World Cup. That was a fantastic goal. He was setting up all the corners as well. Yeah. Fantastic player he was. Imran, talk to us about uh, West Ham versus Aston Villa. Salam's an Aston Villa fan, so I want to know your opinion on West Ham <laughs> versus Villa. I think, ooh, I think Aston Villa have been playing really well recently. Obviously, bringing Coutinho, Holly Watkins has been it's been quality as well. I think they're starting to form a partnership with like Danny Ings as well. There was a debate like how how them two would kind of play together. I'll go with the Aston Villa win. Are you uh, only doing it because Salim's on the pod? I'll back Aston Villa. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Another thing that I was going to mention as well, like because like you sort of watch football and you've got like a decent like understanding of it as well. Uh, people like think like oh yeah like we've got like Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins like they should easily get 20 goals like each and play together but you know football doesn't work like that yeah it's not like, FIFA with your chemistry matches <laughs> yeah, yeah but, like, even, is, like, in, in training they could be like training yeah and like they could be amazing next to each other in training but they just probably don't have that connection when it comes to a match day so I feel like I feel like it's been unfair the sort of criticism that they've both got, considering they're both used to being like, well, especially Watkins is used to being like a lone striker. Yeah. And Ings sort of just joined and we had like a lot of pre-season issues and injuries and stuff for both. So I think they've taken their time, but sometimes it's just about doing the basics and and that's what, you know, they just need to do. And I feel like I feel like it will be a good partnership, but personally, I, I prefer playing with one striker. So mm. I think there's much longevity in it. I feel like Gerard's just gone for this at the moment. Because it looks like it's working. Working, but... yeah, for a short period of time, yeah. Nah, that'll, that'll be good. I like Gerald's formation and his, his hit the ground running from that new manager bounce as well. But Sam, I really think that in the next couple of years, like you said, people don't like it when I say this on the podcast, but I do think Aston Villa will get European football. Under yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Even if it's Conference League or Europa League, they'll get it. And it's going to be one of those Anything. things that... Fly out to Europe and watch a game. <laughs> I don't care where. I'll just go, like, you know what I mean? Just not Ukraine. We're not going to Ukraine, Salah. It's not happening. Yeah, probably not there. But if, I don't know. Any, any, Anything will do at the moment, you know. Anything. Or Russia. Yeah, anywhere, but them, them places will do so, at the moment. Or Belarus. Yeah, or there. Go on, Salah. Finish us off. Arsenal versus Leicester. Arsenal are being topped for, uh, favourites for top four at the moment. I think they've been fantastic. They've gone on the radar most of the season, which has been brilliant as well. But realistically, Sam, do you think Mikel Arteta has it in them, has it has it in him to really finish off this top four race? See, that's the thing with Arsenal. Like, I don't know if, if you remember Imran, but at the start of the season, uh, I remember Spurs had won three in a row and Arsenal had lost three in a row. Or something. Yeah. The Spurs account tweeted like saying "mind the gap" or something because they yeah, were top, yeah. they were bottom. And even they always that, do that every season. <laughs> I was like, well, a, it's too too early to say because you know you could lose the first five games and win the next thirty three and win the title anyway. Well, it depends how many points you need nowadays. Mm. But the other yeah. thing I was going to say is like, it's it's amazing to see how Arsenal have like you know sort of stabilized where they were and gone on this run. It just shows that putting couple, some wins together can just lift you up the table. And you know they they had some young players, so it's getting that consistency from them. I quite like Smith Rowe a lot. Yeah, he's quality player. 
I think Arsenal can do it. I think they can get that top four, although I wanted West Ham to get it. I think Arsenal can do it, but there's just this feeling in the back of my mind that I just feel like Arsenal's going to bottle it somewhere. Yeah, I, I was about to say the same thing, but yeah, I mean, I, really I, well, but you never know. Yeah, because it's just like that cycle they go through where it's like the stuff will be going so well and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, they'll start like losing some games and then it'll become yeah. like trust the process. Yeah. No, and I really then, like the fact that they're giving us a chance. I want to see them do well, but there's like you said in the back of your mind, like you don't know if they'll be able to carry on for the rest of the season. I, I just I just can't see that like longevity in them to hold out because they, they they do have a couple of good games but they they end up just getting exposed somewhere like I, I just feel like you know in the they midfield could I think game, I think in the midfield they get exposed quite a bit they could easily just go on a run and lose like five games or something and everyone would be like they won't even be shocked by it like yeah. it was like oh that's like normal Arsenal but you know like it's it's good to see them doing well considering how bad they have been but yeah I, I, only, I can't call it in that sense. Uh, but yeah, I think they'll beat. I think they'll beat Leicester. But then it's one of them where, like, imagine Leicester who haven't had a good season at all. But it looks like it's a recovery sort of season yeah. for them, like kind of like how it's been for Leeds and some other clubs. But you you never know. Like Leicester could just bounce back and win four 0 or something, and then everyone's like, oh well, Arsenal's falling apart all over again, yeah. and then like a bad end to a season, and then they'll start next season well maybe, and then yeah, who, who knows? But yeah, it was wrong of Spurs to tweet that that early as well. Yeah, that's just like social media nowadays. People love to get ahead of themselves straight away. Yeah. Remember that Ben White versus Varane tweet? I'm like, okay. But Ben White's been pretty good. Besides the last couple of games, he's been quite open and suspect. Especially against Watford, is very open, mm. which wasn't the best thing. Um, final game of that weekend is Crystal Palace versus Man City. I'm going for a Crystal Palace win. Let's, let's shock the listeners by saying, yeah, <laughs> Crystal Palace will win at home uh, 8 o'clock on Monday evening, which will be great as well. Right, Imran, we're at the end of the podcast. I've got two things for you, and I think Salah may have one or two things before we wrap up. Yeah. First things first, um, after the season, I think it'd be quite fun, I think Salah would agree with this, if we would like, meet up and have like a crossbar challenge or a finishing challenge or something. Yeah, no, I'm definitely down for that. We can, we can arrange that. We'd arrange something because Salah and I... I reckon I'll win the finishing challenge. <laughs> no, You're no talking chance. to a professional footballer, Salah. <laughs> no don't, chance. Don't do this to yourself. It's on record. <laughs> Yeah, it's on record. I'll, I'll play the clip back. I'll, I'll back myself. I'll, I'll, I'll win it. I'll back myself. Uh, it's good to be confident. but I'm I'll, get, I'll get bronze medal. It's perfectly fine. I'll get bronze medal. <laughs> I don't mind that at all. Um, second thing, though, um, Imran, before we, we let you leave, is basically, where do you see yourself kind of finishing the season and where do you kind of see yourself building for next season? Um, I think now that I've started to obviously get more first-team appearances, start the last few games, I want to become a, like a pivotal figure in, in the Slough's first team, mm. um, get my tally up, get a few goals by the end of the season. I think then my main objective will be in pre-season, just, just work hard, start early, come and then start next season with a with a bang, like, um, and be prepared. Because obviously this season's been a bit, I was with the 23s and I broke in, like it's not been like a full season from scratch, if you know what I mean. Mm. So yeah, the main thing, just get my head down, work hard and, and see where it takes me, yeah. Brilliant. I've, no, got, I've got one question actually. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't know about you, but like when I play five aside, seven aside, I never count numbers in terms of like goals and assists because, like, you know, yeah, crazy numbers, yeah. Crazy numbers. But, you know, like as you're playing like 11 aside, like you must have like a target in your head, you know, how many goals and assists that you want in a season and like how many are you on at the moment and how many you want. Yes. You want two, two goals or eight, nine appearances, Imran? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. well, Three goals, two in the league, one in the cup with the first team. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, I think nine appearances. 
thing is quite a few of them were off the like I, I want to work out my minutes per goal actually because I think that'll be interesting to see um but with the 23s I think I was on 14 15 in like the few months that I played with them so I think that obviously got me into the got me looking into the first team so yeah I'm a I'm a stats man I, I, it's nice yeah, to yeah, yeah. Record, you set targets but um I think each game as it comes like I said yeah. Some, somewhat I've disagreed um, about stats like it's not be all and end all it's just as a striker it matters more yeah. than anywhere else well, I don't think I, I don't, it's not be all and end all but I feel like it's an easy way to judge someone like okay mm. do they get uh, let's say 100 minutes are they getting a goal 100 whatever you want to see you know how you say like a striker is good if they score one in two or something it's easy to like make comparisons in terms of stats but there's so much more to your game like he might assist like bring other players in like he works hard he wins the ball back there's things that stats can't kind of measure but I, I do think Bob, they have Bobby Firmino is a prime example of that yeah exactly prime no, example there's loads of players like that to be honest like even like Kante if you judged him on goals and assists you know yeah. he'd, he'd be awful wouldn't he but I think Makaleli Kante game, but then there's like more stats to look at like like for example like Ollie Watkins something that people don't see is like his his pressures per game, successful pressures per game, but that sort of sets the tone for how we play as a club. But to explain to somebody like, oh, his, his pressing was really yeah, good. Yeah, like that doesn't, they won't understand it. But he's, you know, he's so precious per 90, could be like 30 pressures per 90, which is like, you know, 20 more than like another striker. But if we had that other striker, we probably wouldn't get those chances and those goals. So yeah, exactly. like, like another thing that's like quite big in football that like people don't understand is like decoy runs and stuff. Like, like if you, if you, I don't know if you remember the, the Sancho goal, but was it Fred or Pogba? Fernandez, Fernandez, Fernandez. He sort of runs off him, but that's sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. But but people don't understand that if he doesn't make that run, he can't cut. Literally, I was thinking, I was watching. There was a goal I scored uh, recently, and I was speaking to the striker in my team. So I was on the right. I cut in, and he made a like a reverse run, and it took a defender away, and that gave me the space to cut in and shoot. And I was looking back, I was like, if he didn't make that run, maybe I would have had that space. So like you say, he he I got all the praise, he got nothing, but it was because of his movement that you know the space opened up. So I completely understand what you're saying. Decoy runs are the most important thing <laughs> in off the ball work when attacking. I swear to God, the amount of times I've done that and people just don't care. And I'm like, you wouldn't be able to do that at grassroots level when you're coaching, yeah. semi-professional, like you said, professional football, like Salon said as well. If you don't decoy run no one will get anywhere, realistically, unless it's by a piece of magic. Sorry, that was, that's not, that's not <laughs> a rant, but I'm really passionate about decoy run. So nice one, Salah, okay. for bringing it up. I was going to say, I need to head off, but I just had one last question. I know I've like, it's like I've interviewed you or something, but no, okay. 100% like catch up when I come down south or something. Like, yeah, I love coming down to London anyway, but we could easily have like a kickabout or some like sort of football sesh. But I was going to ask you, final question is, what's your shirt number for your club? And um, do you have any pre-match like superstitions? Anything that you do? Because I I have like a routine I have before my Sunday league game, so I just thought I'd ask you yours first. Yeah. Um, my number has always been seven. Like I have this thing, it's like IK seven. My initials are my number. Obviously, because I joined the Slough's first team late, they had their main numbers, so I got given nineteen when I signed my contract. But hopefully next season back to seven. So that's always been my number. In terms of pre-match superstitions. I wouldn't say superstitions in a sense, but I'd, I'd like to have a routine. So like, yeah, routine, yeah, routine. Yeah, yeah. So like the time I wake up, um, I'll put my like right boot on before my left like, yeah. things like that. I do a few while I eat. Like I remember <laughs> when I scored, the what the meal I had, I've, I've always had that since. Like just like mentally, um, obviously I like to pray before games. So there's a few things that I'll do. Um, 
before a match day, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> I used to be kind of like that. I used to pull like a sevens. I used to be like SG7. I used to do a lot of that. But then I, yeah. I kind of got off here and I started becoming more of like a 10. But um, yeah. I, it's, I, because, I, it's because Ronaldo moved to Man United and he's lost his <laughs> interest in Ronaldo. Nah, I, like, and then I, I sort of got given, I got given the 23 shirt at my club because all the other numbers were gone. Obviously, I joined like, like Sunday yeah. League anyway. But yeah, so obviously I'm, I'm quite lucky. Coutinho picked 23 in the end. Oh, so yeah. I've, I've, got some, I've got some going there. You're planning yeah, it. Kind of like you, like I like to do like my right, like right first, and then my left, and then like, like you know, I always wear like sock tape and uh, I just I like have to... cut socks as well. I have to play with like cut socks. Oh yeah, you like the cut socks. I, I I don't mind cut socks, but I love wearing sock tape. I don't know, it's just that yeah, feeling. Yeah. Obviously, I wear my socks quite low as well. I just prefer how it feels and. Uh, like the green look. Yeah, the green. <laughs> look. Now you know what it is like these sort of small things they like make you that unique person that you are like 100%. that's like you as like a player and like I feel like it's important to have like an identity and like a personality on the pitch Definitely. it's because then like you know you're not just like another player another midfielder another winger like you're you do you know what I mean and yeah and everyone like everyone knows you like you need to have that sort of like not arrogance but like that swagger on the pitch oh, that, 100%, you know, yeah kind of personality yeah yeah definitely but yeah, anyway, this time, I, this time next year, everyone's gonna be wearing Kayani shirts. <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully. Yeah, I, I need to head off anyway, so I'll, I'll catch you both. But yeah, uh, nice to speak to you. Take care, take care, both. Bye, bye. I'm, I mean, literally, like just there, we just that's a great way to end the podcast. So, for everyone listening, thank you very much for listening. Imran, do you have any uh, closing messages for anyone who wants to find you on social media, follow you, buy um, your kit, or something like that? <laughs> Yeah, so my Instagram is at Imran underscore Kayani, K-A-Y-A-N-I. So feel free to give me a follow on there. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on this podcast. Like, I've really enjoyed it. And hopefully, like you say, we'll catch up again soon, definitely. Brilliant. Now, it'll be good to hopefully see you in person. It'll be great in the summer as well after your season. So I can't wait to uh, get something arranged then as well, which will be fantastic yeah. as well. Uh, but yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, everyone, thank you very much for listening to our mental health uh, series that we started as well. It's been great to get new listeners and new followers, which has been fantastic and great feedback as well. So thank you everyone very much for that. Um, I don't want to speak about Man United before we leave. We're not going to speak about it. It's been a good <laughs> podcast. Imran, thank you very much for your time. No everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.